Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, mom to Skylar, my incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast five years ago was that the content of each episode brings hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I sincerely hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life underscore Lori Hellman. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes or Audible, please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season five of Living the Sky Life. Betsy Hicks Russ is a leading expert with over 25 years of experience in holistic health as the former CEO of Green Health Wellness, as well as author of Picky Eating Solutions that evolved into an online course. Betsy also is the director of the Autism Odyssey and creator of the Be Kind Vest. Betsy has delivered lectures around the world about meal planning, special diets, and holistic health for autistic individuals. Her experiences with her son, Joey, have driven her to become an impassioned expert on the relationship between nutrition, movement, and fresh air being vital for the mind and the body. Betsy strives to give those who may not have a voice the chance to express themselves and seek freedom from prejudice and social barriers. Her dedication to health and wellness translates directly to her passion for caregiving and the mission to create a space for people living on the autism spectrum to be heard, understood, and embraced. Please enjoy my conversation about housing solutions and all things adulting in autism with Betsy Hicks-Russ. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. I'm so excited to have my friend Betsy Hicks-Russ back on the podcast. She was on, gosh, Betsy, how long has it been? Maybe like a year and a like half a ago. Yeah, we it's been talking a while. all things. We were talking adulting then, um, but time <laughs> has transpired. And um, I actually just kind of have been mesmerized with your um adulting and like future services series that you've been doing on TikTok and, and social media. And um, so I knew you'd be perfect to come back on because this is a topic that I'm diving into in a series on my podcast, just about adult services and things. So thank you for agreeing to come back on. How happy and... to be here. Just <laughs> love talking to you. Love, love your show. Love everything that you're doing for the community. Well, thanks. And I know this is a topic, both you and I having adults on the spectrum, we get asked periodically questions about adult services and how to go about all of this stuff. Yes. So can you kind of address when you feel you felt like for you, it was really time to buckle down and figure out what's going to happen to Joey and like, where is he going to be when you can no longer care for him or you're no longer here? Right. That whole overwhelming process that we go through. You know, it's a big part of it is your own family unit. And where is your position as a family unit? Because I, I was, we had made, I was living in Wisconsin when Joey grew up. We knew we were going to be moving to California which we did. And then there was all this transition with that. And then, then my husband died and all these mm -hmm. other things happened. And it was like, I was moving as a family unit 
you know, from place to place to place. And you're just trying to go in survival mode at that point. And, but the, the reason I bring this up is because if you don't think you're going to stay where you are, once your child has become into a, a situation for going into a home, um, then, then you, it doesn't really help to do a lot of tremendous work because it changes yep. so much from state to state. I mean, this is the thing that really kind of, I think this is the reason that people don't understand and they, they can't, because you can't really research it because mm-hmm. the thing is, is that services in general are never going to be posted on the internet because of the fact that they are so tremendously varied and they don't want you to get maximum services. And they definitely don't want you moving to their state because they have good services. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this kind of network and sleuthing of talking to other parents to figure out where do I want to be? Where is the great greatest, best possible scenario? And I was in California and Joey was in a group home situation for one year in California. I didn't realize that. And, yeah. And it was a flipping disaster. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and this is not against California. It was, it was what I chose for him thinking I was doing the right thing. And it was right after John died. So it, I was in, it was at a moment of my life that I just couldn't do it. And it just, everything just looked so fabulous and shiny. And when it actually came down to it, it was just a horrible situation for him. Um, but one that I, as much as it bothers me, I appreciate the contrast that it showed me, that it showed me that there are better ways to go about this. And now I feel like I'm in a position because of social media that I can help walk, hold your hand a little bit and walk others through it because we're all kind of learning this together. And let's see what we can share as as a tribe that we are, because we are a tribe. We are mm-hmm. a very powerful tribe. There's those, and, and, and I love, I love the moms of the little ones who come to me and they're like, you know, you're my future. And it's like, I hope to pave the way for a right. better future for you. I hope it's better for you. And that's where my goal is. Yeah, I agree. That's how I feel too. I mean, we didn't have the road paved for us, even though I know there are people with 40 right. and 50 year old children, as I say right. that, um, but there wasn't social media, there wasn't a way for them to get to yeah. us. So I, I kind of do feel like it's my obligation now that I have an adult to, to kind of pave the way for people. You know, one of the things that, um, you, you know, you mentioned housing and we're going to talk a lot about that, but, um, I had another podcast guest on, um, she lives in California also, and her son is, I think, Skylar's age. He's in his tw- early 20s. But until I, I get, I guess I just kept putting off the idea of housing because I thought, you know, as long as he, he's safe and he's protected and I can care for him, I don't really want to place him anywhere else. It just for me, it was a selfish thing because I'm wrestling with like, I don't want him to ever feel like I'm giving up. I'm getting rid of him. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore Um, because that's the furthest thing from the truth. But until she said, it's just like your daughter who's leaving for college in a week. Um, Skylar needs to be around peers his own age. People like him. He loves you guys, but he's kind of tired of living under your roof like any 18 year old would. So, you know, if you can research places and find places that would care about him and love him, and of course, all, all the boxes checked, it's not, you're not doing anything to him other than helping him and giving him a life. Plus, she also said, you are no good 
to him when you're deceased and then he is just ripped out of your house because he has no mm-hmm. parents and he's just exactly. placed in the first place that they have an opening. He knows exactly. no one. He knows exactly. nothing. And he's scared to death in a new environment. She's like, wouldn't you rather pick the home very thoroughly and mm-hmm. be able to stop in and monitor and have him come home for visits and all of that stuff while you're still alive, knowing he's okay. And I'm like, exactly. I never thought about it that way. I would much That's rather do it when he's alive, you know, when I'm alive and right. control that- over it. That was definitely the biggest motivator for me. And it's fascinating because the very first video in the series I did on housing went very viral. It, like, I think we're at like at 1.6 million views. Wow, okay. And and this is on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my Instagram is... <laughs> Mine's tiny too. <laughs> I, 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 pay, I pay attention to... Uh, you can't pay attention to everything right. as one person unless I had a team. Someday I might have a team, but for right now it's just me. And so um, that I read though every single comment. I I just, it, because I learn from the comments and that was the number one thing that people told me that either they were related to somebody or they worked in group home settings where that would happen quite often. And the person was totally lost because the parents wait, didn't, didn't do it soon enough. And, and, you know, I always laughed at some of the comments that I, I, cause my, my, my followers will fight for me. They, I don't have to even respond to negative stuff because they, they just go out there. <laughs> but somebody had said to me like, Oh, you're giving up. You're just lazy. And, and someone's just like, she's not immortal. Like, like she's 30, you know, I'm 27 years older than Joey. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to, he's not going to, uh, I, I will not outlive him. So I, I, that's the other piece. It's not like um, taking care of a husband or a, you know, or a wife or a spouse or something like that for something that, which is a whole other topic. And I'm not saying yes or no to any of that either. It's just that this is somebody that you will definitely almost 98% outlive or they will outlive. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do something, you're exactly right it's going to be not a great situation for them mm. when it's not decided upon, unless you have something in particular set up and siblings is not the greatest solution for most people. I, I had a lot of siblings on my comments say to me, my parents are expecting me to take over and I don't want to. And that's just really not fair. No, it's it, not. it just isn't. We live in the United States. We live in a country where there are options. And there are services and it's just not fair to ask the siblings to do it. If they want to, fabulous. You know, I, I absolutely love drawings by Trent, Andrea Uh and Corey. They're just amazing individuals. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. And, and Trent's sister is, you know, this is going to be me, but that's not, that's got to be a voluntary action, not something that we have to assign on that. Yeah, I totally agree. One of the things we, um, before we get into the housing, um, different options that we, you and I both have done, and a lot of parents hopefully realize that they need to do when your child turns 18, just before they turn 18, you should really start the process for social security. Um, and even when they're young, you should, if you have the means even to put $10 a week or whatever, um, you should start a special needs trust for them. I think most people at this point know that you shouldn't have 
checking accounts and savings accounts in their name. Yes. Um, it's always highly recommended against that, that you set up a special needs trust in some way or some kind of an account for them. Did you start those things with Joey? The no, trust when he was I had little? no money. Yeah, I would. <laughs> we didn't either. I just set it up, <laughs> didn't fund it for a while. Yeah. No, I mean, like everything I've ever made extra kind of went towards Joey, except for, you know, we, and I don't, count taking a vacation as as something that was frivolous because it was <laughs> my vacation kept me sane yeah um but but no I didn't I never really did because I never really thought that I would have financial issues in which mm -hmm. but I did I ended up having terrible financial issues and then everything just continued to so no I did not have anything necessarily set up but you don't necessarily need to on it dep depends on what type of services that you're looking for in the future okay. so if you can so please I don't want anybody feeling guilty if they cannot afford to put any money aside and to build a trust would it help absolutely I can I can tell you when we start talking about housing all the ways that that extra income or that having that trust could help um, but there are there are services even for those who can't afford that Awesome. Okay. Um, so you talk in your series about the different kinds of housing. I'm familiar with a few, but I, I've learned right. quite a few things from you also. So kind of just take it away and the best way to kind of lay all of this out for people sure. and, and to make sure we understand um, you live in this Washington state. However, yes. a lot of these things um, are kind of nationally operated the same way, right? It's not just state specific for you. It's, it's really confusing, Lori. Okay. And that's, and that <laughs> that's is exactly, I bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, 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 it's exactly why I was always afraid to tackle it. Cause I went to last year, autism one had a whole um, segment, like a housing segment on uh, for the conference. And I went to several people there, but it really, I mean, it gave me good ideas of what I could potentially create within my own state. But unless you have private, like, like you did set up that trust fund and you mm -hmm. do have a lot of money, a lot of things are privately run. And, you, you know, what, what I liked about going to it was that it gave me some ideas of ways I could set up my own. But um, if you want your state and federal, okay, federal funds can clearly go anywhere that you go, but state funds it's it's a different situation because mm -hmm. you don't get state funding unless you've lived in the state. So you can't just, because Oregon, for example, has incredible housing services right now, right now. And I say right now, yeah, this is 2023, maybe next year it won't. I mean, so, so that's why you'd also don't want to move to a state because, because you never know what's going to happen. Yep. But right now, Oregon has really good, good housing uh, situation. And my daughter, Joey's twin sister, works in the autism field for placements in, in Oregon. But I can't take my funding and put him in a place in Oregon. It doesn't work that way. Right. Unless I had private funding unless I had special so because you have to actually establish a residency you know the whole process yeah. you have to get through DDA you have to go through everything and um, yes the social security of course is important getting qualified for Medicaid is important because once you're qualified for Medicaid that gives you certain rights now once you have Medicaid you have the right to the first housing type which is basically adult uh, adult housing uh, similar to 
I mean, years ago, we used to call them convalescent homes. Right. And, and then it was, but it, it was more, it was more based on like the senior citizen housing type of a model. And, um, and, but the thing that's good about that, and they've changed. So that's right. a good thing because, oh my goodness, I heard and my comments from so many caregivers telling me about the beautiful things that happen within these beautiful homes. And I, I don't hold anywhere near as much fear after hearing from so many caregivers around the country about the, the wonderful situations that are happening within these housing units. But the good things to know about the adult family housing. Now, back up a second, because that's not what it's called in every state. That's the important piece to know. We're going to talk about four different types of housing, but it's called something different in every state. So what, I, what I'm referring to right now, I'm going to give you the general gist of it, and then you can find what kind of housing that is. But the adult family housing that's within, um, which, which is in Washington, is guaranteed for anybody who gets Medicaid. Is so it kind of like you, assisted living, like they have nurses it, yeah, and it, that kind of it, thing. Yeah, it's more. It's going to have like six beds. Okay. And this is what Joey had when he was in California. Um, and it, it, why we chose it was it had like supposed to be incredible care. Um, I did do a lot of homework um, on it, and it was um, there was a lot there. I, I really, I can someday go into the reason that I, I didn't choose the right place, but, but basically it was like doing the basics and mm -hmm. it was definitely following all, all the laws of, of like, you couldn't really deviate from the laws. For example, I used to drop off homemade soup for Joey because of his diet. And they would, I found out later they would throw it away because they weren't allowed to let me drop off homemade soup. And they didn't just and tell they you didn't, that. They never told me that. I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Everything had to be in a package. Everything oh. that they served okay. him had to be in a package. And so there was, but but these kinds of homes can be fabulous for people. And there's so many good ones. So I don't want my experience to take yeah. anybody. But more importantly, it's it's of no cost to the parent. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to talk about this option because if you're struggling already as it is, and this is this is a could be a great possibility. You know, you still have an opportunity to say yes or no. It's not like you're giving up your child and you, you're not going to have an opportunity to say yes or no, but that's that's the first piece of it so the the that is not something i'm really interested in, in at all uh, there's just not enough freedom in that particular situation so the next step up from that is what's called supported living and that's what's the most commonly known supported living is is usually run by an agency that is contracted with DDA. So supported living is not basically a state-run facility. It is somebody who's operating as an agency. They have a lot more flexibility and they but they get DDA funds to stay in in uh, in business. Are they a lot now, of nonprofits that are run supportive living homes? Is it nonprofit? They can Somewhat. be, or they don't. I don't believe they have to be. Okay. Um, you know, running it as a nonprofit, running any business in, in housing as a nonprofit is not necessarily a good idea, and I'll and I'll discuss this a little bit too. Okay. Um. So, but but a lot of them are nonprofits, absolutely, and they do operate that way. Um. So. So with with supported living, 
Um, you may have some costs incurred, for example, spending money. It depends how much you're getting in services. And that's the next important part that we need to talk about is the madness of the how many hours of, of state funding that you're going to get mm-hmm. because of the fact that the criteria is so insanely outdated. The criteria was originally developed because of, um, uh, is for, for senior living. So it's mostly ambulatory criteria and not behavioral. And I think in part it's because they have a hard time and I, I don't know if this is the right word, but a hard time quantifying behavioral. Mm-hmm. I think they have a hard time saying, so how many self-injurious times a day right. do we qualify that? for? It's like, it's it's just a hard thing to quantify, but you can quantify, um, can he dress himself? Okay. Which is, which is crazy when you're basing hours on how, if they can dress themselves versus are they banging their head into a wall three right. times a day? Yeah. You know, it's it's like, and that's not even practically considered in a lot of the criteria. So getting the proper amount of hours that your child is worthy with often requires advocacy. And um, this is this is money well spent. If you can find an advocate in your state who really knows the system and knows how to help you get more hours it is worth its weight in gold. I had a girlfriend who kind of walked me through the process in California, helped me appeal, taught me how to appeal things. I won. I got so much money. It was crazy in California, but I walked away from it because I didn't want to live in California anymore. And it was like, I'm not going to live here just because California pays well. This was not the state for me anymore. And I really wanted to live in the state of Washington. I got to Washington Wow, it was like immediately I started getting a quarter of the amount of money that I was getting in California. Yeah. And it killed me a little bit, but I liked my quality of living a lot more. But then I started learning about all the things I said wrong in my initial interview in Washington and how I could appeal that and how I could get more. So it, it's it, if you have somebody to hold your hand, because it, here's the thing is that how they've kind of managed to get around all the different criteria is they create these different waivers. So it's like mm-hmm. you qualify for this many hours, but then do you qualify for this waiver? Cause this waiver gives you these many more hours and yeah. respite, but this waiver gives you these many more hours and respite. And so it, it, it's a very tough thing to navigate. So having someone to, so it wasn't until I contacted partners for housing, which I'll talk about in a moment that they gave me a connection of somebody that was in the state of Washington that I could talk to. And she immediately saw the hole. She looked at all of the papers and she's like, Oh, the hole is, right there this is where you have to help them understand that joey cannot do this and that will qualify you for more hours and the reason that this is important with shared living is because shared living if you're getting the right amount of hours based on your child should not cost anything however that's being that's that's also talking about laura you and i have very different sons than or children daughters or children that that than a lot of other people. A lot of people do have higher functioning and mm-hmm. it understandably can contribute. They can get a job. They can contribute a little bit. And so it, it's just that we're talking more of the really profound needs. These individuals should not have to be able to reach out of money out of pocket for, in order to have housing. 
So shared living is usually up to three people within a house. State agency run, the state dictates how much money the agency pays caregivers. And that's where it gets tricky mm -hmm. because, because if, if the state says you can only pay caregivers $17 an hour and, and you're not going to get anybody other than somebody who's in transit for jobs, they're not going to stick around. Um, they might just be, you know, wanting the experience. They're not going to stick around. And that was really unappealing to me, mostly because Joey's diet is so specific mm -hmm. that, that there's it, to train somebody on how to, to maneuver his diet is is tough. And to have somebody who's only working there for three months. And I work really hard to explain them how to do this for three months. And not to mention the consistency of Joey's, you know, getting to know Joey and who he is. Like, I, I, I don't want that kind of turnover. Mm -hmm. I, I want somebody who's going to stick around a lot more. That's why so I that, mentioned yeah. uh, nonprofits or um, private I've just always been told that, um, and I'm sure this differs state to state too, but that with at least a nonprofit owned facility or a privately owned facility, that they can usually pay a lot higher and you, the quality of caregiver that you yeah. find is better because they're compensated for their time. Um, the other struggle too with supportive living, which I'm guessing in some states is similar to group homes. Is that, would yeah. that be yeah. fair to yeah. say? And we just always are just in the criteria, we've not a applied to any or, or looked at any specifically, but the minute that we hear that they can't, they can't be have someone with him 24 seven and he's not toilet trained. So he needs 24 seven. He's not independent really with any skill. So I, we have to move on. I mean, he has to have round the clock care and if they yeah. can't afford enough staff that they can't leave him alone for even an hour. Um, it's, it's just, that's been our demise with the group home right. option because they just, he can't just be well, a roommate of kids, his age. I, that's it. And so more. they, what, what happens is these agencies receive the packet from DDA mm -hmm. and then the agencies have the choice of whether or not they want to bring this one on or not. Yeah. Some agencies, however, get, have special funding for the more high needs individuals. So they specifically are looking, for example, when I was in California, they were specifically looking for somebody of level four because of the fund, because they got so much more funding for level four than they would get for level three. So they wanted the level four. The problem is they didn't give them level four attention. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah, they want they the just, money, but they aren't going to take care of our exactly. loved one. <laughs> right. So it, it just, okay. it wasn't really a great situation, but, but, but yes, I, there are fabulous situations and oh my goodness, the success stories that I've heard from other mm -hmm. families and how happy their individuals are in supported living. I really yeah. don't want to sound um, doomsday with this because for most individuals and their needs, Supported living is a fantastic way to go. And these yeah. agencies often do have a big heart and they are not just in it for the money and they're, they're good people. So, so that is a really good option. The, but the piece is, is that you have no guarantee and that's where the waiting list begin. Right. You, you, if you are going to do supported living, that's the waiting list you want to get on for. The interesting thing though, was even though I wanted to get on the waiting list as soon as I moved to Washington, Joey wasn't getting enough 
services to qualify for it. We had to get him special waivers before he would even qualify for it. So the process, I've been here almost four years. He's just now getting these waivers. So it, it can take a very, very long time. Not all states, but some states that's the case. So so when it, it but I just wanted to mention because this whole waiting list thing, that's where you want to start with is supported living. And, and it doesn't hurt to get on a, a waiting list for supported living at at 17 you is the age that you should start getting your ducks in a row. Like that 17 is like the magic age where you should start talking to somebody like Partners for Housing or advocates and start getting prepared for when they turn 18 and all these different services change. I, 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 you know, this is, this is where it begins, but then at 18, once they've had these services established and you don't have to, as long as you don't have to appeal, then you can go ahead and start new services. Um, uh, I mean, getting on a waiting list, excuse me, getting on the yeah. waiting list. And if your name were to come up and you're, your young right. adult is 20 and you aren't ready, you can say, go to the next person exactly. on the list. That family would appreciate exactly. it if they're ready, you know? So, um, so yeah, completely. I agree. Completely. I think the, so, the challenge, like you had mentioned before, um, it, it's just a, like, we're in just such an awkward position. I, I'm very candid about the fact that we, we are going to have to move out of the state we live in because there is no, there aren't even any options to get on lists for the yeah. housing is terrible. There's no day programs. There's just absolutely nothing, um, for adults at all. So, um, the conundrum I'm in, I have a lot of moms who have you know, like that live in a couple of States and they have sent me countless, like contacts and I'm, I'm trying to get yeah. all of that stuff, but you cannot get, which is, I understand it's fair. You cannot get on any lists or any, anything until you are a resident yeah. of that state. A lot of the right. States surprisingly though, don't have residency residential requirements. Like I add, that was my first question is, do we have to move there and live here a year before he can get on the waiver list or any of that stuff? They said, no, he just has to be evaluated. Once you have an address, he has to be evaluated by our um, state agencies to determine the level of need he has and then what waiver he would get, how many That's hours, all the things you said. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I didn't know that to, actually. Yeah. Really. I, I, and, and yeah. Uh, how many, a lot of states will do no, that? No, there's only, just, well, yeah. there's only two yeah. that I'm mainly looking at. <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. Oregon was actually on the list too. My husband made oh, a list really. of like the states, I like know. I'm not moving there just for selfish reasons. I don't want to live there, but I mean, we are willing to uproot <laughs> our careers, our lives. Now that my, you know, my daughter's in college, um, she understands too. We kind of need to go where life is best for Skylar, even though, yeah. I mean, I just don't want him to be in a home in Washington state. And we are still here in Indiana. Like I, I will not do that. He will not be a state away from me. I'd rather move close to him and take our chances. I mean, our hope is to get him in a day program or something during the day. That's where I'm stressed. I cannot watch Elmo 24 seven on right. a loop seven, you know, all yeah. day, every day. And I'm still trying to do my job. Um, and yeah. having to care for every minute of his day, right. I, that's where I'm stressed. I'm not necessarily ready to move him into a facility if there's no opening yet, but I've got to find something in the meantime. So if we can right. find a state that has good day programming options and then get him on some lists for some really cool housing that I've seen, um, it could be five-year waiting list, 10-year waiting list, but at least he's involved in the community and day programs and stuff. And 
we didn't move there for nothing to sit on a list in a living oh. room, you know, in a house that we isn't familiar to us. But anyways, That's I digress. <laughs> no, I think this is really important. And, and you know, let, let me give a quick disclaimer. This, this is not my profession. Nor <laughs> yeah, it's become this. our profession, though. <laughs> it's like, it's like, if I say anything incorrectly, I, I please please give me some forgiveness and that I'm just, I, I'd lo- I love to be able to help people, but I also, mm-hmm. I'm learning along the, the and, and the only reason I'm aware of, of the things that I'm aware of is because Partners for Housing has done such an incredible job of training and helping me explain, explain things to me so that I can help others. Yeah. Um, just because I, I have the potential of having a voice and I want to be able to help as many people as I can. But my decision has definitely been to choose um, shared living as the option. That's is that my, number that's three? The third op- yes, number <laughs> okay. three. And and let me just quickly say what number four is, which is private. Okay, so okay. I just don't feel I need to talk a lot about private, only because if you can afford private housing, more power to you. And there are options out there, although there can even be huge waiting lists for some of these private homes as well, too. What and is private? I guess I'm not so familiar. Pri- so so basically, private is is I mean, you're not getting your state funds are not going towards the housing. You're just uh, paying. You, you, the, the, the individual can still get Social Security, but um, for the most part, you're you're putting out thousands of dollars every month for them to live in, in private housing. And do you and, pay and, the staff for that? Like, do you find the caregiver and yeah, you do all the, all no, the work? No, no. You, okay. you, you, these, are, these are beautifully, there's some beautiful run agencies that are out there. Um, it's just that they can be very, very costly. And, but if you have the financial means to do that, that's definitely something you want to get on a waiting list as soon as possible. And I believe you could do that for most of them, even before 18. If you feel that um, you would have, you know, a few thousand disposable income every month, several more than three, probably more like six or $7,000 disposable income, that could be a great solution. Now, again, Lori, I want to make sure I'm mentioning that I'm talking about the more higher needs individual uh-huh. The 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 lo- ones with lower needs that have that just need a little bit of assistance, a little bit of help. I I, I can't say that I'm an expert on that on that topic. So mm-hmm. because if they're able to work and they're able to bring some income in, there's going to be you know different options. And and for for individuals like that, th- there's so many different things that you can do if they're able to speak for themselves and and kind right. of advocate for themselves. But we're going more into the the higher needs end of things here. Yeah. And I should have but probably I, started with that, that Joey is 30 and he's so much yes. like Skylar, just 10 years ahead yeah. of us, but he's nonverbal. He's, um, yeah. he, he needs a lot of attention. He's not independent. Right. Like he couldn't just get an apartment with some friends and you guys watch over him just right. like Skylar right. cannot. Yeah. Because those services are, that, that's a whole, that's a whole different beast. I mean, yeah. that that's really a whole different way of looking at things. I still, Partners for Housing is still a great option for that. So let me just back up before I talk about my shared living and my choice for Joey about why I chose to work with Partners for Housing. Sorry for the brief interruption, but I want to take a moment to recognize this episode's sponsor, Simple Spectrum Supplement. As parents of children with autism and sensory processing disorders, we often find it difficult to get our kids to eat the right foods and to get all the nutrients that their bodies need. Simple Spectrum was created for individuals with sensory needs in mind. This unflavored, dissolvable powder contains only the highest quality vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients in the most bioavailable forms. 
And one of my favorite features of Simple Spectrum Supplement is that it's always free from gluten, casein, soy, dairy, artificial ingredients, GMOs, nuts, added sugar, preservatives, and artificial flavors. Skyler has been taking Simple Spectrum for over a year now, and we've seen increased focus and less agitation since he's been on the product. To order, visit simplespectrum.com, and as an added bonus for my listeners, enter the code LAURI, L-A-U-R-I-E, 20, for additional savings. So Partners for Housing um, was was contracted by the state of Washington to do an initial housing evaluation for residents of the state of Washington so that you could help understand the choices that are out there. Um, so I contacted them and then they knew who I was because of social media. So they came to me and we had a match made in heaven because I wanted to pick their brain with every piece of knowledge that they had, (laughs) and they wanted this information to get out there. So it was like this great match. And I cannot tell you how much I adore these people. I I do Zooms with them quite often, and we just talk about things and, and, and helping me gain knowledge, and they tell me different ways of understanding things. They are so brilliant, but here's the other piece is they know every state. I mean, they have a staff that, that studies every state, so they know the laws and the rules in every state. So no matter where you are, they are fantastic to contact. And their initial housing review is $500 and worth every single penny mm-hmm. because you get all kinds of services with it when you sign up for that, all kinds of reference information and all kinds of really great things. Yeah. So I chose to work with partners for housing for, for this reason. I, I, I accept no money from them. It's just, it's just this, let's, let's spread the word kind of a thing. So it was very quick that I understood though, that I wanted to do shared living for Joey. And what the shared living up piece is, is that it's parent driven. I get to run the show. Now, some people may say, I don't want to run the show. I do not have the capacity to run the show, but I, I can't, I love to run the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Me too. too <laughs> so, and so I, I want to vet the caregivers. I want to train the caregivers. Yes. I want to, I want to be able to charge whatever I want to charge, or excuse me, charge, um, pay the caregivers, whatever I feel that I want to pay them. I want to have this kind of freedom. And, um, when I started learning that I could really affordably make something happen that I ran myself, um, and it's not as difficult financially to achieve as I thought it would be, then I realized that was the option for me. And and I realized that my motivation is different than a lot of other people's, but my biggest motivation was diet. Now, for those who didn't hear me on my last podcast with you know that I'm a picky eating specialist. I'm a nutrition specialist and Joey's diet is incredibly vital to his well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you, you know, sometimes people think, Oh, you're just being difficult. You're being snobby with food. It's like, no, <laughs> it's, it's literally like anybody who spends time with Joey will tell you that you do not want an infraction. If, if you do an infraction, he's going to melt down and he's going to be a mess. And what my goal has always been for Joey, as well as the clients that I had in my medical practice for so many years, is is that the goal is not to change who they are. The goal is to make them comfortable in their mm-hmm. body. Yep. And so diet to me is something that is really important because I want him comfortable in his body. And with 
the shared housing, I can create the menu, I can create the grocery list, I can supervise the, the menu and the grocery list and teach all the different recipes that are involved. And I can create all of that myself because I'm it's parent driven. Now, the funding of it works a little bit differently because the funding is basically they're getting the parent support. You're still getting your parent support funding, but then you're using these funds to pay for them to be in a shared housing situation that you're kind of running. And I don't want to get too much into this. I think Partners for Housing, who hopefully is going to be on your show soon. Yeah, they will. (laughs) They're going to be able to explain a little bit more about this precise end of the funding. And I don't want to misspeak here. But I do know that in my particular situation in the state of Washington, with the services that Joey's going to be getting soon because of the advocate that I was able to get to help me with waivers, that I know that we can do it in... I have two different scenarios of ways to make it happen. One is I can find a roommate who already has the home, the housing unit, and I and Joey can be a roommate there and pay that person rent. So, so for example, if I had the funds to buy a second home, and by the way, when you buy that second home, if you're using it for a person with disabilities, I have a we, partners for housing gave me the connection of a wonderful mortgage broker who mm-hmm. I met with who can help you get special um, uh, interest rates and in all types because of the disability connection. You don't have to pay it as a second home. You pay it as a primary home because you're buying it for somebody with a disability. So there's a lot of benefits if you have the money to buy a second home. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the means of doing that, then you can still collect rent from your child and you can collect rent from, from a roommate. In general, you, you go ahead. Can you use SSI for that? You would use the SSI money? SSI, mm-hmm. You can use state funding. You can, you it, absolutely, all, all the waivers, everything still qualifies if you're doing the shared living type situation. Um, but you get to run it, which is why it's so exciting to me. Now, um, uh, in Joey's situation, I, I, I don't know. Maybe something will happen that I have the funds to be able, you know, to be able to create um, housing for him, and where I can buy something myself at this time. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no possible way of that. But if I find the right roommate, and for example, here's a great scenario. Um, there's a wealth. There's a family in Seattle who who really wants their child to have a better life in Bellingham. Bellingham is a beautiful, beautiful community, very quiet, uh, but very community driven. You know, they want it, they buy the place, I manage it for them. And that's our, that's our camaraderie is that Mm -hmm. they contribute the place, I contribute the management, and then our boys are roommates. And then between the two of them, they make enough that we can have one live-in caregiver. They have activities that they go to throughout the day. It's not like they're just with that one caregiver. The caregiver gets every other weekend off. The caregiver gets 20 hours a week off. But that's perfectly fine because I would love Joey to be with me every other weekend. Right. I plan on him doing enough activities that 20 hours a week is nothing for him to be out of the home for. And I, they make a decent salary and they get free rent to live in, in the home with the boys. Or so they live there with them. They each have their they own. There. Yeah. They all have their own rooms and live in caregivers. So that, mm-hmm. Right. So, so that 
sounds super, super, super cool yeah. to me. Um, the other option, though, is Section 8 housing. And Section 8 housing is something that um, anybody with Medicare should be able to qualify for, but the which is which is basically, and I and I hope I don't misspeak this because Partners for Housing. I know if you're listening, you're going to be like, get it right, Betsy, get it right. <laughs> they and can I, clear it up. <laughs> I think I think it's thirty percent of their income is all they have to pay for housing. So if they make, for example, Joey makes. I'll just say, for example, a thousand dollars in Social Security, uh-huh. then they only have to pay three hundred and twenty-five dollars a month for rent, and then the 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 city or the county, one of those, subsidizes the rest. Mm-hmm. So if you're only having to pay that much money for rent, then that is um, extremely doable on the income that they're getting from state and federal, right? The problem is, is getting Section 8 housing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very, very challenging to get. Partners for Housing has really, really good, make sure you ask them about this. Uh, they have really good techniques for getting um, Section 8. They're, honestly, this was this was one of the biggest nuggets I've ever had. So there, there, are, there are ways of getting on Section 8, potentially. You're not going to get it tomorrow. You're not even going to get it right. next month, likely, but you're going to hopefully get it on the future and then have it, have something that you could do with that down the road. So these are the, these are optional things that I can do. Um, but I, I'm, so my goal for Joey is that I can get him into some situation like this currently, but I have been working with my counties, my neighboring county, um, a, a, a local builder, um, chambers of commerce, private entities, all different kinds of wanting to develop, create my own housing situation. Mm-hmm. Um, where in most cases, if you're going to create your own housing, where you're going to operate as an actual agency, uh, it is often better to operate as an LLC or corporation and not as a nonprofit. You can be nonprofit. You can have, you can work like I have a nonprofit autism odyssey. You can have autism odyssey, do fundraisers and contribute to the LLC, but it's easier to somehow run the business and deal with all of the rules that are involved with it. If you run it as an LLC. So my goal is after I get Joey situated and I have a little more time is I'm looking at creating my own housing situation where we also in the home have um, respite beds as well, because my big passion is why is there no not enough respite? You know, a lot of parents wouldn't mind having their child live with them full time if they would just get a break, if they yeah. could just have a, a week off to go to a wedding or or, or a, take a vacation or you know, visit with their other children, like, like they just need time off. And I feel more respite is more of a demand that's needed right now. So I'm wanting to create more of a respite housing situation here in my area in the North, in the Northwest section of Washington. And it's, it's, it's a ways down the road, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one step the forward. Needs not going day. anywhere. <laughs> but the one thing that I will be uncompromising on is this in my particular home, because if I'm going to run it, I get to have a little more rules. It's like, it's going to be nutrition based. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a healthy meal, uh, farm to table housing situation. And that's, that's what I'm wanting to create. This is probably like a, 
side note question maybe, but like, so um, I love this idea of shared living because I'm a control freak by nature anyways, especially <laughs> where my son is concerned. But um, my, my other really good friend, Jess Ronnie, like they started, um, they bought it an old farm and her husband's a contractor and they're um, a farmhouse, yes. I mean, barn and yes. stuff. They're redoing all of that. And um, I, I just, I'm in so in love with their, their mission and doing all of that. And one of the things I was asking her, um, I think they have five or six beds, maybe it's five plus their son, Lucas. Um, and they've already got all the families placed and it's not even ready yet, but because I mean, the the need is just there, but I asked her, I'm like, all right, you know how Luke is and, and I know how Skylar is and he has his moments and he's aggressive or he, you know, hits or whatever. How do you fathom like almost interviewing like families? Like I I would want to make sure Skylar is my first priority. If it's a home that I'm buying and I'm putting one or two roommates in with him, I would not want people that are going to upset him, trigger him, or they have horrendous behaviors, putting hands through walls and stuff. And he doesn't do that. So I don't want him to have a horrible living situation because I'm moving in people that just aren't gelling with him. So how do you go about the roommate process? Well, it's okay. So it, it's a very important piece because um, one of my board members for Autism Odyssey has a son who has extreme audio sensitivity. And um, I mean, extreme audio sensitivity. So he, he, he would just crumble in a house with noisy roommates. You know, just it just wouldn't even be possible. So you do have to look for that. But here's the cool thing. So Partners for Housing, when you pay for that initial housing evaluation, mm-hmm. you get to join their roommate finding service, <laughs> which like... is so cool. It's like <laughs> match.com. Yep. Uh, you don't put, you don't, it's so funny. You don't put your, your child's name, which is kind of a joke because everybody in the world knows who Joey is. So it's like, you just <laughs> see what pictures like, Oh, I've seen him on social media. That's Joey. <laughs> but it's like whatever but you don't put their name and you it gives you this huge profile of likes dislikes dietary the whole thing and so that would be something that that's cool you know would give you an idea um i you know of course and mine i i put mostly you know really i in fact i think i put his name as being something like healthy healthy food yeah. or forever or something like that. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you don't want Oreos and yeah. stuff in the pantry for I him can't. to get a hold of because he doesn't know. Yeah. And it, he doesn't know. Skylar's Crohn's would be the same way. Maybe Skylar yeah. should move in with Joey because I think that might work. I think we should talk about this. <laughs> I think we're missing the bigger picture here. <laughs> we'll move out there. <laughs> but so, so one of the other pieces of what I want to establish with this place that I want to build is to have because we are looking at a farmhouse currently right now too. And what mm-hmm. it, it used to be a bed and breakfast and we're looking oh, at the farmhouse. And what we would like to see happen is to take the barn and turn it into a sensory and sound room where music, sound vibration, beautiful healing type, um, uh, you know, activity but also sensory where there's swings and ways of de-escalating and calming down. I feel that this is like one of the most integral parts to any sort of a group home situation is at least to have a room, if not 
be really awesome to have a barn, but to have a room where there's a D de- where there's an, an opportunity to deescalate. Mm-hmm. And this way, yes, Joey could upset somebody else. He, when he has a meltdown, he's very loud and he screams very, very loudly. Um, but it, wouldn't it be incredible if there was a place on the property for him to go to and, and be able to bring it down, you mm-hmm. know, just be able to, to not hurt himself and to be able to swing or roll around or, or fall to the floor or all the things that he likes to do without him necessarily bothering the others. Yeah. But there is an inevitable part of that too. I mean, with any roommate situation, you're going to be expected to have to kind of live Mm-hmm. synergistically and and to make it work together but that's why the roommate vetting process is a real one and you also you know there's there's all kinds of re- things that might be super important to you that you want to make sure that the roommate is on board with mm-hmm. um and that's what i love about this this roommate find situation to be able yeah. to create that they even do that yeah. in college now the college yeah. kids all fill out like a match.com tinder profile whatever thing and like are you a night owl do you, are you messy do you exactly. i mean exactly. luckily my daughter knows hers but um but yeah i mean you don't want to get stuck with someone that's the polar opposite of you but um right this and is so much want, yeah you also want like if someone is speaking or for example Lori, like you our sons are both doing spell to communicate mm-hmm. because if if our sons were roommates then we would make sure that we had a staff trained on spell to communicate mm-hmm. like so that's, that's a really cool thing too, which by the way, I never like properly thanked you for you know, <laughs> that, that whole spell to communicate when they, they say it comes in threes, you were one of three, but you were one of three, which made me pay attention and, and get started with it. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, that's, I mean, that's why I do this, why you do what you do. This is exactly. so important. And you know, all I'm thinking about as you're going through all of these different options and, um, just hearing the excitement in your voice with the shared living and it's gotten me excited. I guess that's, that's kind of why I want to bring this topic in several uh, series on the podcast, because I don't want people to look at this. Like I always did for a long time. Like it's this depressing conversation that I want to put off as long as I can. I just don't want to think about Skylar living somewhere else. It doesn't have to be that way. If there are so many options now, and if, if this one resonates with someone, the shared living where you can control who the caregiver is, you're part of the vetting process, like you said, with roommates, the house that they live in, if you're a part of all of that, that right. gives me so much more excitement about the future for him and for us, because I'm not just doing this for him. I'm doing it for me because I, I'm exhausted. I mean, yeah. you know, I've been doing this 20 years, you've been doing it 30 and it's like, I don't know how much more I have to give and I don't want him to resent me because I am resentful of having to do all right. of the things for him for his entire life. And I just want to enjoy my marriage. I want to enjoy my daughter. Yeah. I want to visit her at college. And I, right now, I don't know how we do that together, my husband and I, because someone has to stay back with Skylar. It just opens team. up a life it's for ev- him everything's and us. About, everything's about tag team. I yeah. woke up one morning I, I just remember I'm 57. So I woke up one morning and my body was just so tired. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, 
it's time. Like it was, and that's the other, I did a video on this, this whole piece of it, because if you're not ready to talk about it yet, if you're not ready to think about it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Please don't beat yourself up because it's not something you can approach. Cause you know, you, especially when you're like in the thralls of IEPs and all kinds of other things, it's really hard to put your focus on something like this. For me, it's like, I've had a lot of time to think about this and I am very excited and I'm excited because here's the thing. I'm super ready. So it's like, there's an energetic component, mm -hmm. um, whether you're religious or spiritual or whatever it might be, but there is a beautiful energetic component that when you are ready for something, when you feel in your very core that you're ready for the next step, it gets delivered in, in, in surprisingly delightful and wonderful ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but I want to bring back something you said that was really important. You said you want to give your husband you know, you want to do this for your, for your marriage. So it was very funny because in the video where I talked about, where I say, you know, I, I need to start living life for me and I need, and I want to start giving my incredible partner the attention he deserves. And I got a lot of, uh, a lot of sass for that, but I'm sure. you know, typically it was younger. It was all younger girls who were just like, don't do anything for your partner. What oh, do you God. Do? They don't know like, anything. <laughs> I was like, girl, I've been in happy marriages, like, even though my first husband passed away. Like, but for, for over 20, you know, 25 years of happy marriages, like, mm -hmm. There, that is that is a real thing and it's because of what you said it's life is a tag team and you don't get an opportunity you know to to re to to go back and, and you want to be able to enjoy your partner and and cultivate a relationship and get to know each other again instead of okay you have joey from these hours i have joey yeah. from these hours i'll see you tonight yep um, That's so, our life. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so it, 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 it's, it's very real and very fair. And, and, and you are so correct in all the things that you're saying that Joey really wants us. He's tired of us, especially because we live in the country and Joey likes to watch cars go by. And he's like, why are we living here in the country? Like, why are we living in this quiet little area? I want to see cars. <laughs> and so, so, um, don't be afraid of this, of this process. I, I, but, but feel it like be, yeah. be ready for it. It's okay to wait until you're ready because, yeah. because, because there aren't so many new options that are being built upon all the day. Oh my gosh, Lord. One more thing I've just got to say, cultivate relationships wherever possible. I mean, this is something I find true for everything that our kids go through. But, you know, when I'm at the dog park, when I'm at a restaurant and get in conversation because of Joey, whatever it is, I, I talk to people of all different walks of life. And that's how we get wise is, is listening and talking and having these conversations and not you know, and not just being within our own world, because even though this person's situation may be different, they might have a nugget to share that's going to help inspire you to do something else. So mm -hmm. being a member of your community means a lot because you can see what businesses are willing to support what you want to do and what businesses, um, you know, are going to be stereotypical and say, oh, you, you know, you're not welcome here, this, that, and the other. So I, I just, just want to mention that too, because I think that's a really important part as you're getting ready for this, to start talking to people of all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. And I, 
as you said, if you're listening and your child is five and this is the furthest thing from your mind, that is totally understandable. Up until a few years ago, I was, I was the moms admittedly who said never, he will never live anywhere besides with me, but you know, (laughs) things change. Your mind changes, plans change. I, I would just highly encourage you to bookmark this episode. Um, and some of the yeah. other ones I've done with parents who have been on, um, a couple come to mind. I can tag those episode numbers in, um, the show notes here, but their children, Excellent. some of them were emergency pr- placements. They weren't prepared. Um, they are thriving. One mom, I always reference Michelle. I love her. Um, in Florida, her son was just like Skylar, not toilet trained and they toilet trained him within a month. They said, we oh don't, we're not God. dealing with pull-ups and stuff. And he's doing great. He uses wow. his iPad to communicate. He uses the restroom. He, she's like, oh my Lord. And she yes. is so happy that he's happy. So yes. all of these people are helping change my mind yes. that I'm not doing anything bad to my son by giving him a different way of life. And if it's not a good situation, pull him out and we'll start over and we'll do something else, you know, but I so don't know. Good. I it's just, exciting. Yeah. We're just we, presenting we, the information. You do with are, it what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and of course, it, it might change. You know, you yep. know the way everything changes with every everything in our. I mean, I, I don't even know what to call autism anymore because it's <laughs> like it changes all. I'm the not time. allowed to say certain words, so <laughs> it's fine. Oh my, oh God, my goodness! So well, I'm so, really looking forward to yeah. having partners for housing on. Thank you for introducing Absolutely. them to me and. um the more information I can, I can learn and share. I'm happy to do so. Um, Yay. I love it. And, and uh, if you want to move to Washington, give me a call. Let's, uh, let's talk. I think that might be actually a really good idea. <laughs> I'll just let Josh know later. Once we go out, I'll make, make all the plans. Was, was Washington one of the possibilities? It was you? Oregon and Washington and um, Colorado, Minnesota. We just, we're big outdoorsy, hikey, running people. And so those, all of those environments would suit us fine too <laughs> yeah I, I and, and my daughter uh joey's twin runs that does placement in oregon so yeah. i got connections for you in both states so well, we got nice. you covered okay well thanks so much betsy keep doing what you're doing on tiktok i'm so i'm much. loving it i'm learning a lot <laughs> we're all learning it together all right appreciate you thanks Lori. take thanks. care appreciate Bye. you i hope you enjoyed this episode of living the sky life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.